This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. I'm Teen Komar. I'm Trisha Peterson. Yay, Trisha's back! Yay! <laughs> Did you miss me? Missed you. Eh, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see okay. how you do. Oh. We'll find out. Uh, fuck yeah, then. Yeah, this is episode 107 of Radio Free Galaxy. Adam will actually be along later for the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale review that's coming up later. Um... But before that, we have some other things to get to. We're going to be reviewing the drama series, the autobiographical, biographical drama series, Pistol, that is streaming now on Hulu, which is based on the autobiography of Steve Jones, correct, Tricia? Yes. Yes, of the Sex Pistols. and um, Rich can clarify because he's like probably got notes and shit and like knows everything. But yeah. when Because Rich Altenbach from Murder Generation will be a guest for that segment and he is very good with details. Absolutely. And so we'll be talking about the Pistol documentary, Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. And before that, we will be reviewing the new album by former guest, Scotty Damned in his band Creepy Little Things. They've got a new album that is going to be coming out on July 31st. So we've got uh, some early access to it. We listened to it and we'll let you know all about it. And we're going to be talking about a few other music things to start off the program here. Christine, uh, we met an interesting individual the other night. We did. And became quick friends uh, with yeah. with the actual dance commander. The dance commander. The dance commander. The leader of the goth barge. The leader of the <laughs> goth barge. And if you don't know what the goth barge is, it is a local... What, what, what would you classify it as? A local promotional... Yeah, it's a local like event promotion for yeah. um, all like goth related events, dance related events, concerts, etc. Yeah. Um, and that would be uh, Jeffrey Allen jo- Joseph. Uh, I believe he is now considered the head goth in uh in the area in the Milwaukee area. The goth. Yeah. Master. Well, I mean, he calls himself the dance commander, and when I when I first saw him at an event, I was very skeptical of that name, and I I told him this the other day. I was like. 
how audacious are you that you're calling yourself the dance commander? But then I saw him actually get out on the dance floor, and I'm like, never fucking mind. <laughs> this dude is the dance commander, and I will never question him again. So, dance I'm actually, commander- I actually just danced with him this past Saturday. I don't know if he realizes that I'm also a part of this podcast because I wasn't at that thing. But we've, <laughs> met, and we've actually danced numerous times just randomly at events or whatever. So Nice. Um, yeah, so... But was he's he's got something coming up soon though, right? Yes, he does, and and it's related to something that we talk about a lot. Um, so he has an event. It's DJ DJ Cynthia and the Goth Barge present Stranger Dance. So it's kind of a synth like dance party, uh, '80s dance party tribute to Stranger Things, and uh, it's inspired by the music of Stranger Things, and it's going to be held Saturday, July sixteenth. At X-Ray Arcade in Cudahy, and the doors open at 8 p.m., no cover Woo-hoo. whatsoever. You can get in for free for anyone 21 and over. So I just have to say that like uh, that same day, it's going to be a long day, but yes. I'm going to be also, uh, we have a show for Milwaukee Overdose Prevention. Um, it is uh, donations requested. Yep. Um, it's at Cactus Club in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, there'll be three bands, my band, Murder Generation, Hex Tripper, and Ball Stomper. So you can do that thing early. It starts at 3 p.m. And then you can go and do uh, the Stranger Dance, the Stranger Things inspired dance party. Um, you can do that later at X-Ray Arcade and have, you know, a super fun day. <laughs> yeah, I, we're, we're so planning rad. on doing both of those events that day. So we're going to go see uh, Trisha and Murder Generation and Ball Stomper and who else? Uh, Hex Tripper. Hex Tripper. Right. We're going to go see them, and then later on that night, we'll get our second wind and go to the Stranger Dance, uh, hosted by Goth Barge and DJ Cynthia. It sounds like a really fun time. Yeah, don't miss out. Absolutely. For sure. For and sure. But, thinking, but, but speaking of uh, mm-hmm. events, we mm-hmm. actually all just collectively went to Summerfest. We did. We went to Summerfest. If you're not familiar with Summerfest, it actually is like the biggest music festival in the world i mean you hear a lot about other music festivals like coachella and things like that (laughs) but actually Summerfest is the biggest one uh it used to be run over 11 days in milwaukee uh, 11 straight days but for the last couple years now they've been doing it as a three weekend event so you get like three days like a thursday friday saturday and then you know over three weekends and it's just like $25 admission, and you get in to see some great bands. You can see great bands for free once you've gotten into the festival. And, I mean, some of the some of the acts on the bill this year are just completely insane. You can see anything from classic rock to heavy metal to country, you know, country, country. Any, anything. I mean, Wu-Tang is going to be there this year. There's an additional fee for that. But um, we saw the other night. Municipal Waste and Anthrax. Yes, we and it did. Was awesome. Oh god, so good. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Um, I'm not very familiar. I hadn't been very familiar to my to my shame with Municipal Waste uh, before. And I this. was shocked. Yeah, I was kind of shocked. I don't to hear know. That. I was like, how did you not know about this? I, I was like, I don't I know. I was going how more they... for Municipal Waste than Anthrax, but. Yeah. 
You know, the last time I saw Anthrax, they had that um, singer from Armored Saint during the, yes. the Sound of White Noise tour or whatever. Yes. And then um, I, so I, I never saw them with Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, hands down, Anthrax, like, killed it. I was like, oh, okay, like, Anthrax was, like, way more intense and better than I thought it was going to be. But mm-hmm. I was actually there for Municipal Waste because I've never gotten to see them. And I'm like... Man, I'm like, how are they going to work this out? But they actually cleared out an area in the front, and there's a little mm-hmm. mosh pit area. They did that. They've done that at multiple stages, and the next couple weekends they'll be doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I wasn't – I don't know how they escaped my music knowledge just over history. I, I have no idea. But you and know what? You know. I've been listening to them for the last couple of weeks leading up to the show, and I'm a huge fan. And I, they put on a great show. Like they said, it was a little weird for them to play out in, like, the day at, like, a festival <laughs> like that. Like, it's not really their scene. And, like, I get it, but they sounded great. They were having a lot of fun. And, and the show was really fun. But Anthrax, you know, one of the big four. I've never seen them. I've never had a chance to see Anthrax. And I finally got to see them. And, like, I feel a little part of my soul is fulfilled. They were having a really good time. They sounded really great. We got passes to be up near the front of the mm-hmm. stage. Christine, you caught a couple pics. Uh, yeah, uh, Joey Beltana with his amazingly godlike fingers sprinkled the audience with uh, the pics with the band's name and photos on them. And I was able to grab three, yep. which I've never, ever, ever had happen at any <laughs> other event. You know, like you just, that stuff disappears so quickly. You're never close enough to get it. And yeah. I did. And it's like, it was just an astonishing night. Like it couldn't have been more perfect. I managed. I managed to get one, and then uh, Christine had doubles, so she gave me one of her doubles. So I had one yeah. of each. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, dude. I mean, sharing is caring. Yeah. Sharing is caring. It was really fun. They they're all about their fans, and and they they did it just for their fans. You know, it was really fun. Can yeah. we give a shout out to the grilled cheese pretzels that we had that night? Grilled cheese pretzels. Oh my god. Grilled cheese yes. filled pretzels had, at Summerfest. You yeah. gotta have them. They have, there's a little truck pretty close to the Generac stage near the High Life area. Um, they sell stuffed pretzels, and you can get, like, a grilled cheese one or a jalapeno cheese one, or I really like the feta and spinach one yeah. that I got. That was delicious, so, yeah. And yeah. it was not, it was, it was pretty affordable as far yes. as. As far as, there. as far as Summerfest goes, yeah, $6 for a pretzel is pretty affordable The for drinks Summerfest. were like almost $10 a piece. So getting a pretzel that was that delicious filled with actual cheese was like impressive. Yeah, it was yep. pretty good. For sure. So you saw a show yesterday, Trisha. Yes, actually, see? I went and saw Lockjaw at Crucible in Madison. And oh my God, like this line, you know, I've, I've been a fan of Lockjaw for a really long time. In fact, a long time ago, I dated one of the drummers. I hate saying that out loud, but it's, <laughs> it's not like people don't know. Yeah. Um, so that was a long time ago. But, you know, they were kind of were, like on hiatus for a while. And then um, I think like during uh, the pandemic, uh, Metavon, the, the, you know, uh, the brainchild of Lockjaw, he wrote a bunch of songs. He released like an album. I think it was like, I think was it two EPs or I'm not sure. He, he released a bunch of new music. And then he ended up meeting Scotty Damned, and they clicked um, on a musical level. So then he brought you know him in, and then Rocky, who was one of their previous drummers, they brought her back on drums. And then um, I know the story of Jake is they randomly met him at X-Ray Arcade, and he's a fantastic um, bass player, and like their energy is really good. Just like. It's seriously why I've seen a lot of incarnations of that band. And this is, like, I think the most solid 
nicest, energetically like wonderful versions of the band. So, That's but cool. you know that brings us, I think, maybe to the next part is Scotty Damned, who's also in my band Atrocity Addiction too. There's, <laughs> there's so many interweaving threads. Yeah. It's like we always say: the music scene. It doesn't matter where you are; they're they're very incestual. Inc- Everybody yeah, incestual. Yeah. Like once you're in it, once you're in it, everybody knows everybody somehow, and it doesn't matter even if you're in the punk scene, metal scene, like. Yeah. You know, just uh, you're you're gonna come across everybody because everybody spans a lot of areas. But Scotty Damned uh, has been working diligently, uh, I think, for a few years on this album, and he's he's finally ready to release it. Um, and after hearing it, we got this promo copy. Uh, after hearing it, I am super excited for him because this album fucking slams. <laughs> yeah. It's really... I, actually, I heard some stuff early on because we're friends and he would share, you know, right. stuff with me. But I, right. this is the first time I got to hear the, the, the completed version. So yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I, I got, well, I got to hear a few tracks too. He sent me a few tracks while he was working on them. I think um, I had heard Fallen Angel and Broken Pieces before. Um, right on. And, and I think I mm, might have heard the Wicked Game cover as well yeah i believe that was on uh that was already released on youtube if i'm not yeah. mistaken oh right 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 yeah that's so. where i heard it so yeah. uh yeah i yeah, i think it's great um it's a total throwback to um mid <laughs> i, I want to say mid 90s goth industrial like real good goth industrial melodic very melodic mm-hmm. um but it does have some you know rippers on there too uh probably one of my favorite songs on there um i don't know if the order is going to be the same that we got them but like the first song that we were sent uh broken pieces the one i had heard before that's yeah that's i i feel like that was uh one of my favorites and uh i think um own worst enemy and you know what those those i think the reason with those two songs in particular is is they are actually more on i think on the melodic side yeah um they, they're just you know they're like they're melodic but really sad at the same time and i'm like god it's like so hard to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a talent in itself because like when you're writing certain like um you know uh chord progressions you kind of like thinking about like you know and then you have to put like a melody that like you know counterpoints it to not make it like all like wee right right (laughs) well it's difficult like broken pieces is like a six minute song or over six minutes and to keep some and it it is kind of a dour sad song so to keep somebody interested for six minutes in a sad song i mean you really have to be doing some interesting things and i i liked it a lot um, there's a couple covers on the album, uh, No New Tale to Tell, right? Okay. And Wicked Game, right. uh, the Chris Isaac classic, and they're both really cool. I like New No New Tale to Tell, that, that's really cool, um, but Wicked Game changes, I've heard a lot of people do that song as a cover before, but this kind of like crushes it a little bit harder and turns it into kind of a whole different emotion, a whole different feeling. And I really right. like that about it. I love I love when people are able to, you know, make a cover their own and not just like 
uh, play the cover, you know. Well, that's the here's, idea, right? Here's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't you make the make same song. Don't, don't make yeah. the same song. I hate when bands do no. that. Like, don't make the to do your take on the song. And and if your if your band is so similar to the band that you're covering, you're just gonna do the same song again. Maybe you shouldn't do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're if you're thinking about covering a song as a band, bands out there, and you're so similar and so influenced by that band and you're not going to really change that much up, you should probably think about doing something else. You know, like, and and Scotty did that with, with, with these few covers on here. He, he made them his own, and I really appreciate that. I just, I got to say, too, um, with this album, like, the production. So Marty, or uh, Scotty Damned, uh, <laughs> he, um, he wrote this entire album he played the entire album he produced the entire album mixed it mastered it and i will say like the production value on this is just man it just screams like from front to back i can't say like there's anything that like i didn't like about it and and i'm actually uh kind of a critical person and i typically don't like songs that are over three minutes long so look at me I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait, 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 we can't start the podcast because I'm like listening to like the whole fucking song. <laughs> there's there's several songs on this album, and this is a total compliment. Um, there's several songs on this album while I was listening to it that I could imagine belonged on the Crow soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that's a total compliment to me because that's one of the greatest soundtracks of all time to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and there's there's several songs on here that I could just hear you know, like I could see the scene that they belonged in, you know, it's very, some of the songs are very cinematic in their orchestration. And, and I, and I like that, you know, I, I love listening to soundtracks, I, you know, like a, a well-made soundtrack just gives you the visuals right in your head of the movie and of the scenes that they're in and everything. And, and I, and I, I know that we mentioned like some of the, like, you know, the songs that we like were the melodic sadness or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I do want people to understand that this, this album is also heavy as fuck. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. it, it just, like, it kicks you in the face. Like, the drums, like, the drum sound that he got is absolutely amazing. Um, and I know he did some stuff for us early on where he programmed drums for the Atraxi Addiction just so we can get some stuff out there. And, like, those, you know, the, the way he programs his drums is just yeah, fantastic. So yeah. I just, really cool. I, every single song, like, I kind of wanted to, you know, I wanted to have a chance to actually listen to everything again, and I'm going to. Yeah. And I'm going to put it in, once it's available on all streaming platforms, I will be downloading this album and listening to it probably all the fucking time. So um, when it comes out, everybody uh, everybody should uh, go check it out. It's Creepy Little Things, Fallen Angel. Uh, it's going to be released on July 31st. Uh, they uh, are on Facebook, or you can find his uh, find him on Instagram under Scotty Damned. Uh, go follow him there. I believe he has a YouTube channel for creepy little things. You can yep. check out some music that's already available. I believe, like I said, the cover of Wicked Game is on there. Um, so I'm really excited about this, and I can't wait to um, see what everybody thinks. And I do know that he is trying to put um, a live band together for this. Uh, so, you know, as soon as that, I, I, I imagine that's just going to be amazing. 
So yeah. I can't say enough good things. You know, it's not just because I'm in a band with him. Because like, <laughs> it's not just because I'm his friend. It's not because I'm no, in a just, band with him. Just because ask anybody yes. like it, that. That with me does not matter ever. That right. never matters. Um, like if I think something, and actually he would tell you like I've been critical to him <laughs> on things, so he knows that. As somebody who is very critical, for me to be like, I can't really find anything wrong with this. So, um, and I do, I do actually try that. I'm like, well, you know, but um, I can't. It's just, it slams, dude. It slams. It's very much his own style. It's uh, very comprehensive of the the things that I think make up uh, what he, where he is right now as a musician. You know, by himself is doing this project, creepy little things. Of course, he has his other outlets. You know. That you right. know, with you and with Medivon, um, but as right. as a soul artist, I mean, this is very much Scotty Damned, and it's very it's very cool. I like it a lot. So yeah, it's I I can't wait till it's out for real, and the rest of you guys can hear it, and that'll be July thirty first at midnight. And uh, look for it, and we'll probably get him on when we're closer to that date to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, so. and maybe yeah, maybe talk about you know specific things about songs and and that sort of thing. So Scotty, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> come back. Come back. We need you. Um, yeah. So that's creepy little things. You guys want to get into pistol? Yeah. Well, uh, absolutely. After the break, because uh, yeah. Rich is going to be joining us. So. Right. So after the break, we're going to lose Christine. She's going bye bye and. We are going to connect with Rich Altenbach, the guitarist and vocalist from Murder Generation. He's going to join us, and we are going to talk about the Sex Pistols right after this. Stay tuned. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwursts are the only brand of cheese-filled sausage that will keep you even flowing all day long. Find them in your local supermarket today. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Mmm. Mmm. All right, we're back on the show, and Trish and I are joined by Rich Altenbach, who is the vocalist and guitarist for uh, Murder Generation and our longtime friend and also a human being other than those things <laughs> is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself um, I, I have been accused of being human yes <laughs> and he's also been a repeat guest on this show i believe this is your third or fourth time on the show you might you, I, you might have well, the record if it's the fourth i don't know i i think this might still be my third okay so if one more to go there's if a lot of people in the three spot right now yeah uh, yeah, I think we got Doug Bram and Kelly Holder and Rich. You guys all are at three. And Steve Steve uh, Billick, I believe, is at three or four, too. He might actually have more. Oh, so, yeah, because in the beginning he was doing a, he was a doing series. A, yeah, he was doing a lot of different stuff with us. So he actually might have the record, but you know what? Um, I'm not going back to count them all. So anyway, we got Rich <laughs> with us right now. We're going to be talking about the Sex Pistols, and in particular the new drama series uh based on steve jones's autobiography correct you guys um it is inspired by okay. i think would be the the safe way to put that okay so yeah that was 
it's in, inspired by his autobiography. Um, probably a lot closer to the actual. We'll get into it, but probably actually a lot closer to the real story of the Sex Pistols. Um, more than I would say, Sid and Nancy. Would you guys say? Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, for okay. sure. Well, here's the thing: everybody just like plays out that fucking story, the Sid and Nancy thing, yeah. and it's like they always forget that there's like a way longer history, like mm-hmm. prior to all of that. Yeah. You know, like where you know when Sid Vicious like wasn't the fucking bass player. <laughs> right. like, and, and to be fair, to be fair, that movie is called Sid and Nancy, not the yeah, Sex right. Pistols. Right, right, right. right. But you know it seems like any time there's a Sex Pistol type of movie, it is always that focus well i'll definitely go on record to say it's a lot more well accurate it's probably too strong of a word but it's a little bit closer to reality than say like the great rock and roll swindle yeah like that one <laughs> yeah i mean that's all malcolm mclaren's viewpoint on everything and it's absurd right i i do like sid and nancy as a movie i just recognize you know kind of the ridiculous nature of you know it's not an accurate telling of the story by any means so anyway we're gonna get into this this was um uh executive produced by danny boyle correct uh yes i believe he may have actually directed some of the episodes yes okay and it's it's six episodes long it's streaming right now on hulu that's where you can find it and um yeah i didn't finish all of it uh you know i'm pretty familiar with the sex pistol story but i I didn't finish all of it you guys both finished all of it so you're gonna be leading the conversation uh, a little bit more than i am but as far as i saw i i liked it i enjoyed it i i saw as far as you know like leading up to the creation of the sex pistols i liked seeing the uh chrissy hine stuff and um yeah me too yeah i was like oh that's kind of like cool that they put that part in there you know yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i like that a lot and um so yeah give me your guys's impression of it you know you're in the punk world um you guys play this music uh you've been listening to it pretty much almost your whole lives what do you guys think of this series trisha you want to start it off you know, God, I always have a hard time, like, when it comes to the Sex Pistols in general, because they do feel like they were, like, more manufactured um, punk. But, I mean, they did, you know, they did live the life, mm-hmm. you know. You can't you can't really deny, like, what they did. Um, I think, you know what, I think time and retelling of their story and... and the iconic nature of who they were has made them feel like that over time. I don't know if they originally felt like that, though, as, as like a manufactured product. Well, I know, that's I know. the thing. It's, that's so overstated. And, yeah. I mean, a lot of that comes from, like I mentioned earlier, the great rock and roll swindle. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's almost like it's becoming cliche right. to, like... Or it's somehow like fucking edgy or something to say like the Sex Pistols were just a boy Damn, band. Damn, dude, way to fucking and, cut me down. Yeah, <laughs> take it. It's about time Itch. someone came on here and did this. Um, <laughs> and you wonder why I wanted to be on this episode. But no, yeah, in their defense, absolutely. like I mean, they started out on their own, and they ended up getting the backing of Malcolm McLaren to kind of help, like, kind of break them in. Yeah. 
And sure, he set up auditions and stuff. After that, he kind of started to like form them a little bit differently, or kind of like lead them in a different direction. Yeah. Um, but they existed prior to him, back when like Wally was in the band. Like it was, yeah. they were already starting out. Um, right. His role was really overstated. A little less so in here. They kind of turned him into like the villain of the story, which I thought was an interesting take. Yeah. Um, but it's really it's almost becoming like a a cliche to call them a boy band, and I. I usually defend them on that point, because yeah. I don't really think they're like the uh, Spice Girls of their generation or anything. Not quite. Right. I see. I and see I mean, I don't. I don't speak on it like that, though. But yeah. it like. Sure. I mean, and I guess you know maybe, you know maybe this movie like, it. I don't think it really helped on the the perspective. I mean, they did give a little bit of that like that very beginning early history or whatever but they still made it seem like you know malcolm was like you know pulling all the strings and creating all the stuff and like these scenarios just kind of like in a manufactured like pop group right like any manufactured pop group that's so well, like it didn't he, entirely take that away from me that's the thing that I, one thing i did appreciate about this is it does kind of show him trying to like form them in a certain way or like kind of mold them into a certain the way he saw they should be yeah. but at least in the series they make mention of he tried doing the same thing with the New York Dolls and it completely destroyed that band yeah mm. so fuck him for that too by the way yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah right on um but I you know I I do like that they um that it was like heavily on Steve Jones like right. his you know story and mm -hmm. perspective and that sort of thing um i think that the person that they got to play johnny rotten was really good what do you think rich oh yeah he was uh he was kind of spot on i mean he with the material they gave him he did an, an excellent job um pretty much the entire cast really just nailed their roles yeah. I mean, you, yeah. could you could close your eyes and totally believe you're listening to the people yeah yeah absolutely so Rich, what's what's your, what's your thoughts overall on the series altogether? Well, um, I very early on had to stop looking at it as a telling of the story of the Sex Pistols, right. and look at it as a work of fiction. Yeah. Because um, I mean, the fact that they even the opening of the episode even says inspired by true events, and that's about as far as that really goes. Right. Yeah. Um, they take a ton of liberties, which you have to to make it entertaining. But I did find it entertaining. And at about episode four or so, from like episodes one through four, um, I found it very inspiring. Um, I could see if uh, people who weren't familiar with, with that band or that style of music, or even just the concept of like getting together with your friends and like making a lot of noise, yeah. this might inspire them. Right. Because um, it definitely had that tone to it. Yeah. That kind of shifts toward the end, but... Overall, it was it was very entertaining as like a like a, a dark fairy tale version of uh, their history. So it, it kind of like like when you say it like that, like and I don't know if you've seen this movie or know a lot about the history, but like so like that movie Lords of Chaos was inspired by the black metal scene in Norway, yeah. but it was it was very. Um, Liberties it, were taken. Very, a <laughs> lot of liberties were taken in it, where there were some things that were, like, spot on. There were some yeah. things that were absolutely spot on, yeah. like, uh, where, you know, 
dad kills himself and like they had that room down to a T and they had the scene down to a T and like, you know, everything like that. But then right. like all of the other stories, it was kind of like, well, we all know what the story is and this isn't it. Yeah. Right. And right. so it was kind of like, well, you know, you know, so like you felt, do you feel that way? Do you think a lot of liberties were taken or it's like, Oh yeah. There, there okay. were a lot. I mean, there are certain elements and certain like key moments of their career where there is a lot of footage available or whatever that they did recreate, like with just flawless accuracy. It was kind of incredible. Um, and also the fact that they had all of the cast learn how to play these songs and all of the live scenes of them playing are them playing live. There's oh. no po there's no post-production done whatsoever. No overdubs. That was actually all of them legitimately playing a show. I didn't know um, that. Which also kind of added to the realism for that. Uh, but they like to recreate recreated the uh, the Grundy show that they were on, you know, with the whole them swearing on television, um, which that's been recreated so many times. But they did a great job on that. Um, the one thing they recreated, which I was hoping they wouldn't, but I guess they had to. I don't really need to see the video set for Sid's version of My Way oh my redone God. by anyone ever again. I've seen again. it enough. <laughs> oh, my Dude, God. It is like the Batman origin story of punk. Like, I'm so fucking tired of it. It's so true. If I have to see those pearls <laughs> drop in Crime Alley, in Crime Alley one more goddamn time, and if I have to see that set for My Way one more fucking time, it's over. Yeah, take, take off the white suit, Sid. We're fucking done with you. Mm -hmm. I kind of, um, I kind of like <laughs> watching them um, do their tour of the South. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it, it got rough on quite a few shows. I read a back in high school at our high school's library. There was a book that was just about that tour. Um, that was the first time I ever read like a full account of it, and it was all from like different music journalists who were there. And yeah, holy shit, what a mess. Which, I mean, kind of a kind of a brilliant marketing ploy, I guess. Is, I mean, it, kind of a, to... is it kind of a Green Book situation? <laughs> Do you remember the movie Green oh, yeah. Book from a few years ago? Oh, with, uh, my God. With Mahersha Ali, and he was the piano player, and uh, he went on the tour of the South and everything. Yeah, kind of fish out of water story. Um, well, I mean, they weren't really ones to, like, shy away from violence i mean they just like just jump right off the stage and start beating the shit out of people like that yeah. was kind yeah. of a common occurrence yeah absolutely so i'm still waiting for like us to play somewhere and have beer bottles thrown at us through a fucking <laughs> through some chicken I, wire I, I, yeah right yeah. dude that's when you know you've arrived i think <laughs> yeah trisha what yeah. are you saying i i i in my last band when i was a band called knuckle duster we played at this this uh diy spot called the borg ward and and our singer was throwing beers at people, <laughs> and that did not get the uh, the the high praise. Yeah, unless unless you're feeling because it was also you can't do that. <laughs> it also was February, and there was no heat, and the building was concrete, and it was oh, like man. everyone, and you know, you don't want to get be wet and cold. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> that's, <laughs> was like, that's uh, a bad combination. It was a bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. So anyways, you know what? I but, liked a lot, uh, stylistic choice, um, but also storytelling device where the little, especially in the beginning, the little, um, intermixed scenes of, um, you know, what was the, the, um, footage scenes of, they look to me at least like, like footage scenes of actual 
like London and stuff and in the UK from the 70s and like and and like kind of showing you give giving you a feel visually of what was going on at the time that would have musicians young musicians want to create a different sound you know because there was this whole you know way you were supposed to be a band if you wanted to be popular in the UK because we're coming out of like the British invasion and all that, you know, right. You, you had to have like matching suits and they even address this in the first episode, you know, like what should we wear? You know, should we wear, you know, matching suits with the skinny tie? No, we're going to look like the Beatles. No, we should just wear whatever we want to wear. And that was kind of a revolutionary idea for sure. a band at the time. And then also the, you know, like the intermix scenes of like showing like the hardship and like the working people, of the UK and and I like that storytelling device of like what create could create a band like this that wanted to rebel against what what were they rebelling against you know right. what what is the punkness of it you know I like that yeah I have a question though um so what was the deal with the girl and the aborted fetus uh, yeah see the- that's that was another one where they really took as far as I'm aware, anyway, they took a lot of liberties on that. Um, from what I've, I wish I could like cite my sources here, uh, yeah. but from different books I've read many, many years ago, um, there was a one-time chance encounter uh, between John Lydon and this one woman, and she had, from what I've gleaned, it was just a plastic bag with an aborted mm-hmm. fetus in it. Um, like there was no hiding what the hell it was. It was just like right fucking there. Um, and he saw that and kind of like freaked out. Um, and that did inspire him to write bodies apparently. Hmm. Um, but it wasn't, uh, as drawn out. I mean, they really leaned on that as a plot device for this show, which was so weird. Um, but I mean, you got to make it entertaining and it also gave another way to show, John Lydon having like some level of like compassion and heart, yeah. Because um, usually it's easy to make him just come off as a, a as a loud prick, but like he was usually right more often than not in the things he'd have to say, particularly about the band. Yeah. He just didn't really go about doing it in a way that was like no conducive to having a conversation, right? Um, yeah. And he's but already yeah, was, he's oh, already spoken out against this this series. I've already saw him like making the rounds on talk yeah, shows yeah, and shit, uh, and sight unseen. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Like, it was actually he only saw the trailer. He yeah. only saw the trailer, and like you can't glean. Oh, the tra- like, and the trailer is crap. Trailer. I that really lowered my expectations. The trailer yeah. made me not want to watch it. To be yep. completely honest, when when you Trisha said you wanted to review it this week, I was like, eh. God, that trailer sucks. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. horrible. And I'll tell you why that, like, I actually know a lot of people that were already, like, watching it and were a couple episodes in, and they were saying that they really enjoyed it, they thought it was really good, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give it a shot because there's a lot of things that you guys are currently watching that I just don't want to fucking watch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to watch Peaky Blinders? Come on, man. Uh... Rich, do you watch Peaky Blinders? I do not. Ah, oh, damn it. Never mind. Or right. Obi-Wan. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, not, okay. I'm just not there okay. for that kind of thing. Right. So All I was right. like, I need something, I need something that I can like, um, watch. But I, I did, I have heard like, especially like a lot of my punk friends or whatever, they've, they've all had a lot of like 
positive things to say, but I think a lot of them actually go along like with Rich, where they they kind of feel like it uh, it kind of turns like when you get to like past uh, halfway through episode four, or you know at the very end, you know I think there is like some there, the, the a, enthusiasm died down. Yeah, there's a tonal shift, and it feels like they didn't really know how to go about it. Right. Like they really did not know how to handle. Like Nancy's death and Sid's overdose, like they, they, in a weird way, they tiptoed around it. Yeah. I mean, everything's right there in front of you, but like they really don't go into anything with it because I mean, there's so much question about what happened that day. Right. And they have the the time like the, the chronology of events is all fucked up the way they did in the series. Yeah. Um. Do you think that they just didn't want to approach it again though, because the story's just been told so much that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know? but it's but it's it, it's such a key moment in their history. Yeah. You have to address it, right. and they could have kept it short, but they just also could have been a little bit more direct. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, like, they were kind of. Wasn't it kind of like just like they're like Sid died? Mm-hmm. Like they kind of. It really is a very very limited. Like there could have been a little bit. Like we could have had an episode. Like, we could have one more episode and, Well, you know. I wish, instead of doing that, if they could have just, like, followed Steve Jones a little bit more during that time. Mm-hmm. And, right. like, you know, like, what, like... How did what it was, affect him? How yeah, did what was, really yeah, feel? Yeah, what was the story of that day from his point of view? Right. Like, that could have yeah. helped. Instead of just, like, they show the, you know, they show them in the Chelsea. They show her bleeding. Um, but, yeah, they, the chronology of it, they got all goofy, but... I mean, I'm glad I didn't, like, draw that out too much longer because, I mean, fuck, Sid and Nancy is already a movie and, like, there's enough. It's been done. Like, we, we know. Um, but, yeah, they could have come at it from a different angle that made it interesting. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like they were really, a, like, they didn't really know how to tackle that. Right. And then the split of the band, <laughs> they didn't really handle that as well as I would have hoped. Um, particularly, like, the aftermath and what they were all doing, like, it it kind of started borrowing from like following other people's point of view. Like it kind of like dropped the Steve Jones as the, I guess for lack of a better term, hero of the show. And like, you know, like with Sid making my way and like all the other shit that was going on, it's just like, all right, like, yeah, spend a little bit more time on the rest of it. But yeah, it, it's, it's cool to at least get a, a new perspective on this. And I like that people, are wanting to actually make a series about this in this day and age when yes we're not really being sold this type of music in pop culture and at the same time you have filmmakers like danny boyle that are willing to take the chance and think that you know this is could still be interesting to a new generation to get them into this type of music when you have you know, idiots like um, Machine Gun Kelly walking around calling himself, <laughs> he says, I am punk rock, you know, uh, right. and, and it just kind of, you know, makes people of our age just throw up in their mouth a lot, <laughs> yeah. um, more, more, than, right. more than a little. Yeah. Uh, when, when you have idiots like that running around calling themselves punk rock. It's like, dude, you, you need to. It's tell very stories. insulting. It, it's, it's very super insulting, insulting to like the identity of the, the scene. Yeah. That is real. Well, well, also, yeah, the purpose of it even. I mean, that, that runs so antithetical to what it even means. Right. You know, for something to come around, and that's, that's the reason I appreciate this show as 
as a dramatic story in and of itself. Yeah. Because um, I mean, it's not a fucking documentary. We already know that. Like, if you want a documentary, watch The Filth and the Fury. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but if you want, like, a well-told story about, like, kids forming a band and trying to make some kind of an impact, yeah. this is a great, very inspiring story of that. Um, and yeah, that's so much needed right now. I mean, fuck, there's a reason that, you know, Trisha and I started our band when we did. Like, <laughs> like yeah. this shit so, is important the, yeah, right I, I, I'll say, like, the thing that, like, that the whole reason we just, like, started playing music together was, like, Rich um, posted something on Facebook one day, and this was actually after one of our, like, high school Humboldt Park, like, gatherings or whatever, and he was like, we're, 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 he was like, I want to play music with some ovaries, you know, or something. What, what was it? It was something. Oh, like I said, that. I'm like sick of like all this passive male energy in music. We need like some aggressive femininity. Like who's going to help us? I was like, some, uh, who's dude, put I'm right here. Back in music. Right. I'm like, dude, I'm right here. <laughs> Cause yeah, so. everything I was doing before that was like this just really passive stuff. It's like, no, this is not, this is yeah. not what's important. Like. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, actually, um, uh, so, like, we got a lot of shows coming up, and there's actually, uh, it's, there's a lot of female forward bands again, so I do okay. want to do a little shameless self-promotion. Um, we are playing at the Port of Kenosha on Friday, July 1st with Anti-Everything, Republicans on Welfare, and Shipbag. Um, Anti-Everything is female-fronted, I believe, right? I'm pretty sure. And then uh, July 5th, we got put on, and I am so excited about this show, but Menstrual Tramps are very very angry punk females and they've been around for a while they're on tour this is their first stop and we're playing with the rustics and shitbag on that show um and then july 9th we're playing at circle a with toadskin july 16th as i talked about in the intro is for the milwaukee overdose prevention which is the same day as uh the, the goth barge, yeah. the stranger dance, which is at night. We play during the day and that's at <coughs> night. And then we have a lot more after that. I'm sure, you know, we can talk about that down the road, but it's still, it's like, yeah. it's good to see, like we just played with peach vomit. You got bands like shit is in, you have there, you got loyal pride. Um, you know, you got Chesty Malone and the slice them ups. You got like a lot of these people have been guests on our shows. And, you know, I will say this, that I actually, you know, I try to reach out more to, um, the, female punk bands just because i think you know they've had they kind of have more to say and they're kind of more pissed off at the world right now as they should be (laughs) kind of thing so you know you kind of i kind of grab i gravitate towards that so you know um i just i just love to see that there's a lot of that um around and there should be more there should be way more yeah i'm just waiting to see the uh the younger people up and coming start to actually give a fuck like that's another reason I'm kind of hopeful that at least something like as silly as like a, a fucking streaming TV show mm-hmm. might inspire a couple of kids to actually like think about it for a minute and go, oh, this guy should be a vehicle for something. Like, yes. Yeah, I have something to say too. Here's an outlet. Like, that's what I'm fucking waiting for. And I, anything that could even help in the slightest regard for that, I'm 100% for it. Yeah, I know it happened to me. I know it happened to me as a kid. I remember seeing uh the the doors movie for the first time and i know mm-hmm. that's not an accurate telling of jim morrison's life or right. the doors or anything but i remember seeing it as a 12 or 13 year old kid and I, I i can 
distinctly remember like watching that movie and then running around in my backyard like I was some kind of shaman like Jim right. Morrison, you know, like all night like and I was inspired. I was like, yep. fuck this, growing out my hair, gonna like make music, I'm gonna do my thing. And I remember in you know, that music was made long before I was born. Exactly. So why can't it happen now? You know, why can't it happen now? And yeah, maybe it's not the greatest series in the world, but at least someone's making it and putting it out there for a new generation. Yes, we're not being sold this music in popular culture, but like Trisha was talking about, there are a ton of male and female great fronted uh, punk bands out there, all different kinds of punk, you know, horror punk and hardcore and pop punk. They're all out there. They're doing their thing. They're playing shows every weekend in your city, wherever you live. And we highly suggest you go check some of them out and support them and buy their records and buy their tapes and buy their shirts and, you know, become, become fans and, and show these corporate record companies that we have money and we're willing to spend it on these bands so sell it to us god damn it yeah and in 35 years make a fucking six-part limited series about them god damn it (laughs) (laughs) actually i don't want anybody else to sell it like i've I've thought about it and i'm like you know what dude i'm like it's all you know because i'm i'm really into a state of like the whole anti-capitalist thing and like i mean we can't give our shit away for free it's it's kind of like you know i feel like it's a service exchange but like having somebody just like making money off of you for the sake of making money off of you is kind of like i don't know it kind of kind of bugs me these days but it it does it does and i i don't want that but at least the the message would be getting out there to a wider that there's there's more than what we're being sold there's more than what we're being sold you know i mean right i i i remember um i i saw a youtube video uh, a couple months back of a guy he um listened to the top 100 on spotify and was waiting until he got to one rock song and actually he ended up having to go over 100 i think he got to like 152 Mm -hmm. like 152 and it was that when he got to 152, the the first rock song on Spotify's 100, uh, it was actually like Bohemian Rhapsody because it had been re-released, you know, because of the Bohemian Rhapsody movie or whatever. And sure. it was, so it wasn't even current. It wasn't even current. Right. <laughs> you know, I I mean, forget punk, but I'm just talking about rock music. I mean, Jesus Christ. You know. It- and that's interesting, yep. though. It's like because, like, when we saw Munoz play Waste and Anthrax, especially Anthrax, like, yeah. that shit was packed. Anthrax was packed. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Municipal Waste so much, but it's like, dude, clearly there is a high demand for that kind of thing. And it's like the way that it, it that way that it's like they had to wait, like, you know, 30, 40 years that was to, to, to get there. Right. It's like, dude, come on. It's like, we're going to throw you some fucking crumbs. That's what it feels like sometimes. But, I mean, I know they. They've been on labels and putting out stuff, but still, it's right. like it's like it was I packed. Think Trisha, people but want aggressive, and in in the corporations don't want to give them it. It, it was packed, don't. Trisha, and it, uh, what also made me happy. It was packed with a lot of young people too. There were a lot of younger people there that wanted to True. mosh, that wanted to mm. get into the pit, and they dude, there they, were little ass kids there. Parents is, brought their little ass kids. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 
So yeah, it was wild. So it makes me feel good. So anything yeah. else you guys want to mention about this uh, series? Did we cover it all? Uh, you got some uh, notes there, Rich. <laughs> I was still kind of been in the process of collecting my thoughts on this one for a while. Yeah. Um, I think just the main takeaway is like, don't look at it as a true story. Just look at it. Look at it as a work of fiction. Yeah. And hopefully it'll inspire some people, and that's the best we can really hope for. Because, yeah, I mean, they have been that the Sex Pistols have become so so much of a a product over the decades. It just kind of happens. Right. Um, that I feel like using them as a catalyst for other people to find out about this kind of thing. Fuck it, why not them? Exactly. It's totally it's totally fine in my book. You know, like <laughs> yeah, maybe they were a little manufactured. And, you know, maybe they've been over-merchandised over the years, and uh, maybe this isn't the perfect telling of it. But, I mean, that's happened, you know, with, like, music uh, retellings of, of bands and musicians all the time. What really is important is the music and exposing it to a new audience and giving people maybe a, at least a little peek behind the scenes and inspiring them to find out more. You know, what is the real story? Like you said, there are documentaries out there that are better. There are books that you could read that are more honest tellings. But what's really important is that somebody's still talking about it, yep. you know, 40, 50 years on, that they're still talking about it, and it can inspire a new generation to not only, you know, do the things that they did, but do that and then take it a step further and create their own shit so yeah. yep i'd rather see this thing be successful than the new fucking elvis movie but that's a whole oh different god that's a different podcast. oh god that's, that's a, whole a different that conversation a, that thing looks so horrible man i just don't know if i can do it man i i kind of want to watch it just to shit on it but i Wait, also what don't want to there's an Elvis movie that just came oh, out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Baz Luhrmann made an Elvis movie. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Yeah, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> it looks terrible. I mean, uh, Tom Hanks looks so... Oh, okay, anyway. That's maybe... why we're, all, we're all lucky, though. We were born into a world where he was already dead by like a few weeks or whatever. So I think most yeah. of us... Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, he died August 16th. I know it was, my dad was a huge Elvis fan, but he died August 16th, 1977. Yeah. And I was born September first, so yeah. he died two weeks before I was born. Yeah, I, I, I love Elvis. Am I the incarnation? <laughs> I, love, I love Elvis, but I do not want to see that that movie at all. I just I don't. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks, Rich. Thanks for thanks for coming back on the show. We really appreciate your voice on yeah, especially things like this. It's really cool to have you on. Thanks for participating, man. Uh, absolutely happy to do it. All right, and Trisha, we're going to lose you because we're going to talk about some nerd stuff next. So thanks <laughs> thanks for coming back to the show, and you can promptly fuck off so we can talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I will. I will. <laughs> Screw you guys. All right, thanks again, Rich, and check out hey, Murder Generation at a number of their shows coming up. July 1st, Port of Kenosha, and July 5th at Last Rites. All right. We're going to take a right. break, and we will be back right after this. Stay tuned. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. They're the only brass knuckle shoes on the market for when pitying a fool ain't quite enough. Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. Get some.
All right, we're back on Radio Free Galaxy for one more segment, and Adam is joining us for this segment. Hey, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a real plan for how to come out of that break. Right, so. you know, I understand, dude. I wasn't there for the intro. I was busy uh, sitting on my uh, comfy chair, being cat furniture, playing some video games. Yeah, like introducing people on a new segment is just always weird and awkward, and you wonder how to do it, and if you don't have a plan in your head, it almost always goes wrong. But we don't script shit. Yeah, <laughs> not really, no. The loosest of plans. No. Uh, Rich had all kinds of notes for the last segment, which nice. is awesome, But um, and I used to do that too in the beginning, and now I just am like... Oh, right, where's sync. my computer? Press record. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, in the beginning, though, man, I mean, like, we were talking about, like, five, ten episodes of fucking, like... Yeah. Of, uh... <laughs> Supernatural. Thing. Supernatural, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or a whole season, yeah. Right. And then, yeah. like, and it was like, dude, man, like, I, it's not easy keeping all that shit in my head. Really? Those people fucking who have bastardized your cool yard... Yes, there's like trucks. There's God many damn. trucks outside at 10 o'clock at night outside my house parking and backing up and beeping. So, yeah, that will be probably be there. Anyway, we're going to soldier on and we're going to talk about the finale episode of the Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming series on Disney+. Plus. We've watched the whole thing, and so now, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I just watched it a couple hours ago, so it's fresh in my memory. I'm still forming opinions on how I feel about it. But overall, I like it. I, I like was it. I, was, I, was I right about what I said to you yeah, earlier? Yeah, the, the final episode definitely paid it all off and right. brought it home. I still have some questions. I still have some canon meanderings going back and forth in my head right. like what does this mean what does that mean uh the biggest one for me is just that i thought there would maybe be some kind of mind wipe on leia at the end or or something like that a knock on the head or something or whatever i don't know it's just still hard for me to get to the point where I'm like, okay, at the end of this series, you know, like nine to 10 years later is when, you know, she's going to ask for Obi-Wan Kenobi's help and basically sound like she's never heard of the motherfucker before. So, well, and like, I guess with that, you kind of have to take it as well. They kept her identity a secret and for her to give up and like if that inter- if that uh, message got intercepted right True. and they watch it like there has to be some plausible deniability there yeah and right. they cleaned up a bunch of stuff like but dude man like start cleaning up sooner <laughs> like i'm right. sorry man like to because, like, like you watch it and it's like oh look obi-wan just faced vader and kind of punked out that totally fucks with like you know when we last met i was but learn now i am the master like fucking dude come on man come on so yeah they did take care of that like they took the care way, of that if you're not aware you're getting fucking spoilers all the <laughs> yes day, so. yes of course we're going to talk about the damn episode we're not right. just going to recommend it or not like if you're a star wars fan watch it the, you right. know like duh <laughs> yeah and we're we're going to get into full spoilers but uh 
Yeah. Uh, so the we got to talk about the final confrontation between how Obi Wan got his groove back. Yeah. The only thing I don't like. Uh, great scene. Wonderful scene. Right. The only thing I don't like about it is that you don't get to really see a moment where Obi-Wan figures it out. He just kind of starts kicking ass again, you know, and, and right. it's it's kind of a slow ramp up to, to, you know, where he gets in the fight, but there's no, like, moment. I thought there would be, like, a moment maybe where he was, like, under the rubble or something like that where he gets in contact with, like, Qui-Gon or Master Yoda or whoever it is or gets in contact with himself and just, you know, like, finds his power. But really... He just I, thinks of the children and that's it. Yeah, and he was kicking ass before that, but, like, yeah, that those memories kind of just, you know, and, and what he's actually fighting for, you know, are, are clear in his mind. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's kicking ass like he should again. And that's cool and everything. I just kind of wanted more of a, a moment where he, he, he has this transcendent moment where it, all of his Jedi-ness comes back to him. And, and really, we see him exhibiting powers in this, uh, this fight in the last part of this episode that he's never done before, really. So, right. I mean, he's taking his Obi-Wan-ness to a like, whole other level. Like, there's some parts where they're like, yeah, they're like, we've seen, like, the whole push, force pushing, like, mid-battle, but not with that amount of just, like... Brutality. Oh, <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, so anyone who's listening who's played uh, um, Star Wars The Old Republic, who's played Swoter, the MMO, like, there's cutscenes and shit with that all over the place. I mean, I've showed those cutscenes to you, Travis. You've yeah. seen this type of Jedi fucking on Sith brutality. Like, you've seen the fight between Bastille Shan and, uh, what's-his-face? Um, can't remember it off the top of my head. Doesn't matter anyway, because it's Old yeah. Republic, and it's not really, like, it's arguable if it's canon or not. Right. But, like, the whole rock thing? Like, Bastille Shan does that to the Sith. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, the only thing they really didn't do is, like, do some serious, like, lightsaber throwing and, like, the acrobatics could have probably been there, but, like, even that's, like, eh, you kind of got that in uh, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, you got that in The Phantom and, I mean, these are... And then you got Yoda going full-on, like, this is what full-power Ataru fucking form looks like. And yeah. unleashed it on fucking <laughs> Palpatine. Right. I, I, you know, yeah, there could have been more acrobatics, but really these are middle-aged um, Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader. And while Darth is probably around you know like the height of his powers um it just shows that the light side you know if if handled correctly will still always overcome that that massive brutal dark side power and um if if it's used for the right reasons you know if it's if it's used correctly um so yeah i mean it's it, it it was an amazing amazing battle the emotionality of it uh when uh vader gets his face mask uh cut open by obi-wan it was just i mean being able to actually see anakin's face again and to have anakin you know just say there's nothing left of anakin skywalker right. you know 
you didn't kill him. I killed him. <laughs> you know, uh, that was really heavy, really cool. And, and in like a moment that I didn't think that I needed, but like it adds to my Star Wars now. It definitely right. adds to my Star Wars. And I, I like it. I will, I will think about certain scenes from this series uh, mostly, mostly the the couple Obi Wan Vader confrontations that we got, but I will I will think about those uh, scenes in my Star Wars headcanon, you know, for like the rest of my life, no matter what the mouse decides to to do with Star Wars from here on out. So I, I mean, it's got to be a win for me overall. Right, and like I I'm definitely I feel a lot better about uh, Riva. Yeah. Um. Eh, did she need to be redeemed? Maybe, maybe not. Did right. she need to get murked instead? Eh, maybe, maybe not. That could have gone either which way. I really dug uh, Owen and Beru, like, defending the home. Dude, Beru was, was gangster, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, like, but that's, like, the whole Mama Bear thing, dude. Like, you know, Papa Bear's gonna fuck your shit up, dude, but Mama Bear? Oh, no. You do not fuck with, like, the female of the species protecting their young. Even Hell though, yeah. like, biologically, that is not her kid. That's yeah. her baby. That's her you baby. Know? And, and and me and Christine were both like, God damn, Peru and gangster. She's like, oh, and get your shit together, man. Right? <laughs> you fucker, we got a job to fucking do. We got to protect this kid. Fuck, man. Now's Luke's, not the time Luke's to be afraid. Wonder, like, Luke's got to learn to stay out of canyons, man. Because every time he goes into a fucking canyon, bam, knocked out. Dude, yeah, <laughs> just stay the fuck out of canyons or any kind of rock formation. You need to be like some like, little Jawa who rolls up. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe I could like edit like episode four and like this and just have like, this little Jawa run out and be like, in whatever language Jawa speaking, just be like, you got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, um... Like you were talking about Riva, I've I've liked Riva um, since probably around the second episode. I I was really into her. The first I I was just I was sitting and waiting to see what they did with this character. Took um, until four and five for me, dude. Yeah, yeah did. it 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 took more probably for some other people to give her some more complexity. You know, they had something else in mind for for her from the beginning, and now. If I go back and watch it from the beginning again, which I probably will, uh, you know, knowing what I know now, it's going to make it a lot more interesting to me from the beginning. To right, like, but she's just like, initially, she's just too angry. Like, yeah. okay, we get it. You're, you're Sith. You're a bad guy. You know, yeah, like right. your dark side. Right. Well, she's not necessarily Sith. You're a dark force user. Like, yeah. we get it. You're angry. But kind of overdoing it like it was overwritten or maybe she was overdoing it or overdirected whatever it was but it took until like the fourth episode for it was like all right yeah that's her stick that's yeah. fine it, it, it's she's you know, got reason behind it like it's it's starting to come together like i understand why she hates obi-wan like what the obsession is yeah it's all from ch serious tra childhood trauma the trauma right <laughs> you know and she's overly emotional absolutely and Dude, like the, the dark side doesn't help. Yeah, the underlying tone of like this whole entire series, like of just like, it's like a big homage, to, like like talking about fucking mental health. It yeah. really is. It is. It's 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 about PTSD. It's about yeah. Um, it's about what we do with you know. Um, sometimes when life doesn't really give us what we want or you know it, it presents a obstacle in our way i mean how do we end up 
presenting ourselves for the rest of our life? Do we let it destroy right. us, or do we... That one moment does not have to be the thing that defines you for the rest of your days. Right, and we, we see that presented to us in, in multiple different, you know, uh, incarnations and with different characters and how they've all dealt with it. And at the end, you know, we don't necessarily get resolution on everyone. We, we definitely do on Obi-Wan. Man, I... Re- I I really don't want another season of this. Like, I think it ended kind of perfectly, and they've said they've greenlit another season. And I just, but like, what would what you are do? they gonna do? Yeah. yeah. How would you How would you follow up this with making a more interesting story than this? it? It has to be so much smaller, Adam. If they do a second season, it it has to be so much smaller than the story because you already shot your load. Right. You know, what What could he have done? Now, in the, in the next 10 years, to be more interesting than the final confrontation with Vader. I mean... And this has to be not, the final confrontation with him. It has to be. Right. Right. They can't meet up again because he still has to win. And, because and, in yeah. order for that one line in A New Hope to be, like, relevant. And and the final line in this, when Vader says to the Emperor, you're like, I don't even care about Obi-Wan anymore. You know, like, I just don't even care. It's over. I'm, yeah. I'm done. You know, he doesn't tell the Emperor that he was defeated, but, I mean, <laughs> right. the Emperor, the Emperor knows. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Emperor knows. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't know what they're going to do with the second season. But, I didn't, you know, also at the same time, I'm like, geez, I didn't want this first season. I was skeptical about this. But, I mean, they, they pulled it off, but... It, it would have to be just, in my opinion, a much smaller story. And you can tell more stories of Obi-Wan in the desert. Um, especially maybe with, like, getting more in touch with, you know, his <laughs> Jedi skills and getting more in touch with Qui-Gon, which, you know, that, that reveal at the end was cool. But also I thought it was a little anticlimactic. You know what I right. mean? Where, like, there was no... There was no, like, moment of trauma when it came to him. And I guess that's really the Jedi way, though. When you're finally at peace, then you can have your true power, you know? And and, and so I guess in that way, it's kind of perfect now that I'm thinking about it. But as far as, like, a storytelling perspective, I would have just liked to see that happen differently, you know? Yeah. So I I don't know. And again, like, yeah, I know there's 10 years coming, man, but like, yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan's going to get real fucking old in that desert quick, but I guess all that sun exposure. <laughs> right. There's a lot of sun, man. <laughs> like that lady in episode, uh, episode one who tells Annie, like, oh, I can feel it in my bones. There's a storm coming, sandstorm coming. Yeah. yeah and like, she was 28. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin's mom, 60. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, like, man, a Tatooine son. Yeah, those those uh, sons will do it to you. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, overall, you you were right, though. You said earlier today before I watched it, you were like, man, it's it's going to pay off all in, in this last yeah. episode. And it, it did. It tied everything up. Maybe it didn't give me exactly the little moments that I wanted. But, you know, I mean, that's just. That's just fan bullshit, you know. That right. Like, I, expectations, you know. I mean, and sadly, like, I mean, they kind of use Leia as MacGuffin. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
No, and, she one hundred percent was. But I mean, the character was still good, and the actress was still good. You know, so that's fine with me. It it just right. wasn't. It just wasn't like lock her in a freezer. You know what I mean? Lock her right. in the refrigerator. They they didn't necessarily do that. So right. she she got to have some agency and some personality, and she got to have some really cool moments. I really like that actress. She had a lot of life and yeah, like no doubt. It just yeah. she's just really a small person. Dude. She like, is very look small. Ten man, she <laughs> <Yeah>. just doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, the, the neither does Luke really. The kid who plays Luke, he doesn't no. really look ten either. Like no, they they appropriately look like twins, you know, or at least the same age. Siblings, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they're fraternal twins. They're not, right. like, you know, so they can't. Well, yeah, they don't look alike, but yeah. I mean, they look like they're the same age. Right. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I I enjoyed it. It is overall a good series. I I like that it was six episodes. I I didn't need like ten to twelve episodes. Five to seven this. is like perfect. You it know? is. It is. It's perfect. Um, like, don't get me wrong, man. I'll take twelve episodes back to back to back to back of fucking mm-hmm. like uh, the Mandalorian, but that's yeah. just how I roll, you know. Yeah, and Stranger Things is kind of doing that in this new season where it's not that it's so many episodes. It's only nine episodes, but they're really long. (laughs) Some of the episodes are really long. I think the last one I watched was like an hour and 20 minutes. Like chronographically or just like how they feel? They're just really long. They linger on a lot of stuff that they don't really need to, and it's just, yeah, it's... It's long in the measurement of time, and it's also long, and it's just, like, going over a lot of stuff. It, it can be a lot more fast-paced, and I at least appreciate that this series did that. I do like the new um, season of Stranger Things. I just think some of the episodes could be shorter. I don't know. They spend a lot of time in the upside-down and doing shit like that that we've kind of seen before. And so, I don't know. Whatever. But anyway, we're talking about Obi-Wan. So, yeah, overall, highly recommend the series if you haven't seen it. And also, if you're listening at this point and you haven't seen it, you're probably not going to because you just got spoiled for everything. So, whatever on that. But, I uh, mean, you should watch it anyway because it's good action sequences and everything. Like Oh, yeah. Good cinematography, all that stuff. Yeah, good good Vader moments, good Obi-Wan moments, and uh, good good new canon for Star Wars. I like it a lot. Yeah. So we recommend it. We enjoyed it. Uh, what is the next thing on the Star Wars lineup? Is it the Andor uh, series? I think Cassian Andor is next, but yeah. Let me let me clickety clack away. Sorry, folks. I have a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. Uh, I don't know, man. Content release schedule. Sorry, people were programming as we're doing it. Uh, Star Wars shows. So, Andor is the next one, I think, here. What is the next Star Wars? Release dates. A new animated anthology series called Star Wars Tales of the Jedi is in the works for fall 2022 release. All right. Fans of the classic Legends timeline, or the EU as we used to call it, will probably recognize that particular branding since Tales of the Jedi is a name with deep significance in the Star Wars (gasps) mythos. Season 2 of The Bad Batch. Ooh, when does that come out? 
Uh, hold on, dude. So, like, right now, we got the May 26th release date of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, we know that. Uh, Rogue Squadron, December 22, 2023. Um, Andor comes out August 31st. Okay. Um, the Bad Batch Season 2, Fall of 2022. Same thing with Tales of the Jedi. Nice. 2023, nothing specified for Ahsoka. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3, February 2023. The I Don't Give a Fuck About It, Star Wars Vision Season 2, Spring of 2023. The Acolyte, TBA. Lando, oh my gosh, TBA. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rangers of the New Republic, TBA. And Star Wars Skeleton Crew, to TBA. So, I, one of my friends posted this thing, uh, uh, on in our little Facebook group about like, all right, so you take Billy D. Williams, right? You throw him in a fucking rundown, ratty like hole in the galaxy uh, cantina, playing Sabak with some other degenerates, right? And yeah. Then in the, of of uh, scum and villainy, he will. And then like he just starts telling the story while he's waiting to out the cards, and then it like does the whole flashback thing, and then you got fucking. Uh, God damn, I'm so terrible with names, man. Donald Glover? Yeah, you get Donald Glover as Lando, and it's like every episode would be like that. And like, dude, I'd watch the shit out of that. I, I it's would like, like that. It would be Billy D. Williams, though, like narrating it, or like voiceover, like while shit's going oh, on. that would be great, Adam. I, I so know, like, I, I saw you share that, and um, yeah, I totally agree. And I bet you it, it, there's a chance it might be a lot like that. If it is, dude, fucking just insert fucking image of Fry holding up a wad of cash. Shut up, take my money. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want an overarching story of like, you know, six to eight episodes of Lando. I would just like episodic tales, like the tales right. of Lando Calrissian. You know, like that would be great and have each episode, you know, just very, you know, in the bottle. Like Billy D. Williams is sitting there, you know, holding his card, looking at him, you know. Yeah. Puts him down. You want to know how I became the administrator and the guest <laughs> yeah. Bespin? Yeah. Let me tell you how that went down. <laughs> like, as he cracks open a Colt 45, you know, and then, like, switch to Donald Glover again in a seedy fucking cantina on the edge of the fucking the outer rim playing a game of cards, you know? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I would love that. I, I hope that's the direction they go. The. The I mean, further tales of Lando Calrissian. Right. I mean, like, dude, pimping is as pimping does. <laughs> I mean, you got Donald Glover, who I loved in Community, and I love yeah. as Lando. Yeah. Probably the only thing about the solo uh, movie that I liked was him. Yeah. Everything else is like, all right. Well, that and the explanation of uh, why the Millennium Falcon, uh, when C-3PO plugs in and talks to is like, it's just like, what the hell is wrong with your Navit computer? Like, well, it used to be a droid, bro. Yeah. Like, that was a cool explanation, but the rest of it, I can just wipe my ass with it. Yeah. I'm kind of curious about the Acolyte, if that's that stupid thing that fucking Kathleen Kennedy wanted or whatever. I don't know. I You know what? I haven't read much on that, so I, I heard I think Rangers coming. of the New Republic could probably be cool because yes. those two pilots who came to fucking bust <laughs> yeah. uh, the Mandalorian twice. Yeah. 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 Those guys are great. <laughs> it helped them that one time. Like, those guys are cool, you know? Um, yeah. I don't give 
one iota of piss one one way or the other. I just I think that should just be like a buddy cop fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> like what's that in Star Wars? Yeah. I, I am though really <laughs> looking forward to Andor because dude, Diego Luna is a great actor. Yep. Cassie and Andor the character was great. And he was just like just the fact that he was like dude, I've been in this shit since the beginning. Like I've done shit. I've seen some shit. <laughs> did some shit. Merc some fools like. That right. dude's got, like, a lot of red on his fucking ledger. He does, and I think we're going to see all of that. I think that, that one line from that movie, from Rogue One, is going to be presented to us. Like, okay, let's mm-hmm. see. Let's. I bet you it's going to start out when he's, you know, when he's a kid, and we're going to see his first steps into rebellion and, and what he's been doing, what he was doing all those years. So, I'm yeah, I'm excited for that one as well. So... Anyway, it feels like the Jedi becomes like an ongoing thing because, like, mm-hmm. honestly, there is so much stuff, like, just ridiculous amounts of stuff. And I know, like, a lot of like super fanboys and girls and everything in between, like, the super fans really want to see Revan. Yeah, like a lot. Right. And like, I forgot who said it, but somebody was like, "Keanu Reeves should be Revan," and I'm like, "It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be cool, but I think he's a little too old." Yeah. appearing right but whatever who cares he's still he's still in it man he's fucking doing his three gun thing being fucking john wick why can't he be revving too well it's need somebody cool to be darth malik though to go with him. it's gonna be an animated series so uh, I mean, you, well, they you could, could have him voice it, it. Too. yeah that would be perfect so we'll He's see back. what's his name who's that dude voices mall Oh, um, oh, yeah. I'm blanking on his name right now. Yeah. Um, the dude who like cleaned house on uh, the the, sh- the uh, Shmodown, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Shoot. So, yeah, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking up bad, but like whatever. Yeah, I yeah, I'm blanking on his name right now. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Obi Wan, we loved it. We're looking forward to more Star Wars content. I mean, we do complain about a lot of the things that the the mouse house has done to star wars but you know what they've done a lot of good stuff too and i really give all the credit to dave filoni and john favreau they've done an amazing job uh with everything that they have done with this series um so and and all this all the stuff that they've done since they they've got on board they've they've done a really cool job and I'm I'm loving these these series that we're getting out not all of them have been winners the uh, you know Boba Fett wasn't everything that we wanted it to be but it was still cool um, oh my in gosh, a lot of dude. ways so so like when I was looking up the uh, release schedule I went mm-hmm. that the, the link that I clicked was for CNET yeah LG made a Star Wars. Uh, C2 like themed uh, OLED TV. Only what? 501 units sold in the United States. Oh, 501. first. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a uh, Imperial, <laughs> Imperial emblem on it. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just like so fucking cool, dude. I gotta I gotta look this Star Wars Hold OLED on, dude, this... TV. All right. Yeah. Oh. 65 like, inch Star Wars special edition TV, three thousand dollars. That's a lot of shekels. I've got some Star Wars stickers that I could stick on a TV if right. anyone would like uh, to buy it for <laughs> half that price. I can hook you up. I've got lots of Star right. Wars stickers. A slap right. one on a TV. 
and you know we can uh i'll have what we want so yeah anyway uh yeah so that's the episode for this week thanks for listening to episode 107 of radio free galaxy make sure you check out the goth barge and their stranger dance at x-ray arcade on july 16th we are going to try to have the dance commander on on an episode coming up soon uh he actually just messaged us during this episode that he wanted to jump on but we had already talked about it in the intro so and we had rich coming on so we couldn't really get him on this episode but we'll have him on in the future uh he's really cool thanks for rich altenbach from murder generation and you know just generally being a good human being for coming and talking about the pistol uh, series i miss uh, the rich yeah fellow guru and uh yeah and for trisha and christine and adam thank you all for listening please remember to leave us a rating and review on the spotify app and apple Podcasts. and check out so geek girl on t public she's got a design up there for a radio free galaxy shirt if you want to get one and she's got a lot of her own artwork up on there so look for so geek girl s-e-w-g-e-e-k-g-i-r-l all one word on t public and check out the youtube channel radio free galaxy look for it on youtube we're up to about 656 videos on there for your consumption so yeah, if you ever wonder what travis does in his spare time it's digitally converting Digitally converting stuff for your from, enjoyment, your enjoyment <laughs> for your enjoyment, and but mainly for mine. So, thanks for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Radio Free Galaxy.